I am. Um, I've never recorded in Donegal before, and I have chosen my parents' walk-in closet. Have you heard the story of the walk-in closet? Uh, no, I haven't heard the story of the walk-in closet. Uh, my parents have a pretty, you know, decently sized bungalow house in Donegal that we've lived in for quite a while, mm-hmm. and it's basically the house that me and my brother spent our teenage years in. Each of us lucky enough to have our own bedrooms, <laughs> and yes. there was another spare room and my parents' bedroom. Mm-hmm. But when we went to college and essentially gave up claim on official rooms in the house, right. even though they essentially the rooms we used to occupy were the ones we went back to, my mother decided that she needed more space to put her clothes and things. So she knocked down the wall between her room and my brother's room and turned it into a walk-in closet. <laughs> what? So she has a walk-in closet the size of two bedrooms? Size of one bedroom. The closet is the size of one bedroom because it is basically a former bedroom that was my brother's bedroom. And that's, oh, okay. I also find it symbolic as, as what my mother thinks of, of son number two. Oh my God. Yeah, your favourite. Yeah, but the only reason my room was saved is because the ensuite is between them so it would have been more awkward. <laughs> logistics. Yeah, logistics. It's nothing, it's based on logistics. It's nothing to do with, I mean, presumably because the window of this room actually looks out on the bay, it would have been... It, this would have been a better bedroom to keep and then the Absolutely. other one just looks out the back so they probably would have taken my room if they could but yeah, <laughs> I was saved by the ensuite oh man hey Richie do you know ensuite's a French word what is that I got big yawn not your story is very engaging I'm sorry I'm just very, I've been drinking quite a lot and I've gotten to the sleepy stage of drunkenness and that <laughs> is not an indication of the, the level of engagement of your story it was very good what were you saying did you know that ensuite's a French word yeah do you know who else speaks French um Who else speaks French? Apart from toilet makers. Oh, no, I should know this. Is it... And the French. Is it a Pokemon? (laughs) Yeah, Napoleon Mon. (laughs) Who else speaks French, Steve? (laughs) I'm so drunk. (laughs) Wow. Straight to the Pokemon anecdotes as well, Richie. It's always the lowest hanging fruit for you on this podcast. I'm a one-trick pony. I'm a one-trick pony tot. That was a Pokemon. I saved it right at the end. The Canadians. The Canadians also speak French, especially the French Canadians. I'm apologising right now. To the Canadians? No, to you. Uh, uh, Yes, I heartily accept your apology and cue the music so we can get this thing done with. Uh, it's our 50th episode, we should we should say. We should make note of. Yeah, Jesus, I mean... That's a big deal. I can't believe we've made it this far. I know, I did not think we'd make it this far. Uh, I, I can't believe you think... fools are still listening to our <laughs> drunken, <laughs> idiotic <laughs> rambles. <laughs> don't look, tell, don't, look what don't Richie has chosen to do to mark the occasion of us doing this for a year and a half, 50 episodes. He's gotten blotto got, drunk before recording. I got... <laughs> I got drunk and I watched football. I never, well, I was going to say I never do that. I do get drunk, but I never watch football. But at least you got to watch England lose. I got to watch England lose. And I spent most of my time like commenting on fonts that were on ads <laughs> around the perimeter of the pitch. Yeah, but like I presume you were with the work crowd who are most the graphic designers anyway. No so. one cares. No one cares. <laughs> it was like, shut up, man, football. <laughs> I also tried to talk to someone about how they've recently, in recent years, um, done a better job of miking up the corners of the pitches and the goals so that they can record the sound of the kicks, like the corner kicks. Yeah, I noticed that. Really cool. And it's so beefy. Yeah. And this year, the, the kicks have been beefier than mm. ever. These are the beefiest kicks I've ever heard. There's a really good have, thwop. There's a great thump in it. And uh, I tried to have this, conver- I tried to 
turning and having a conversation to someone sitting next to me and they just like mid-conversation just stopped. Like they just <laughs> stopped. And you know what? I don't blame them even a little. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? Oh yeah, 50 episodes. 50 episodes. Uh, yeah. Did, <sighs> did you think of anything we could do to mark 50 episodes? Well, it's also... This episode will also be released on the 4th of July. That's a very good point. And we have a 4th of July tradition. We do. Um, because <laughs> we've, we've passed one 4th of July and this is the 2nd 4th of July. And considering what a very special holiday it is to Americans. Mm. And we know so many of our, our listeners are American. And we, we appreciate... Howdy, y'all. <laughs> how, howdy. We do, we do appreciate your listenership and, and we... We do. We love to hear from you. And we'd love to pay our respects towards you by marking this this fine holiday with an episode mm. about um, Canada. <laughs> about Canada. If you if you cast your mind back, listeners, to this time last year when we released a very special 4th of July episode entitled What Am Russia? And at the time, people commented going, ooh, that's so edgy and satirical. Um, and there was definitely that and not poor episode planning and structure and yeah. organizational skills. We, didn't bring it, it was we, definitely, didn't, we definitely chose to bring out the What Am America episode two weeks in a, before that on purpose. So continuing on in that tradition, we're going to talk about Canada for some reason. Uh, Canada, also known as America's hat. <laughs> that bit that's not America on North America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> St- starting as we mean to continue. Steve, why are we talking about Canada? Are, what, what, what do we have to learn from them? Well, in particular, let's, um, let's point out that at the moment, according to the US president, Canada is one of America's greatest enemies. Enemies? <laughs> well, like he calls Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, a liar and the gates of hell are going to open for him and all these kind of things. After a very pleasant G7 conference that was held in Canada a couple of weeks ago, um, Trump was very pissed off and... He especially blames the Prime Minister of Canada, young, handsome Trudeau. Yeah, well, I thought I thought everyone loved Canada. I thought Canada was everyone's best friend. Yeah, I mean, they're just so... They are, like, in in general, I've I've met a good few Canadians in my life. and most Have you them, ever been to Canada? Uh, yes, I have, yeah. I did a tour around, I think it's... Is it Lake Erie? Or, I don't know, whichever one of the Great Lakes that Toronto was on, I drove around that. Lake Canada. <laughs> but it also touches America, so Lake Canadian America. Yeah, can, can you were, oh yeah, you enjoyed. Well, yeah, you, you enjoyed your time there. I was. I went to Toronto, too. It was quite, and let me tell you, Steve, bunch of wankers. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not like you. I won't pull any bunches. That's not true. You know, you can't keep that up. No, I can't, they're they're lovely people. They're very very generous, very kind people. They yeah. they, they they put up on my drunken belligerence, <laughs> which I hope they will do so again today. So you want to cast their minds back to the time where you did it in person? So now you're naming an episode after their country, but continuing <laughs> continuing the belligerence. When, when I was in Toronto, we we went on this walking tour, or maybe we were just walking. But anyway, we were out walking. <laughs> we saw. St- we saw a statue and the statue depicted a man bent over with his head like in his crotch. I think it was like he was like human pretzeling himself. And uh, was this was this like one of the the street artist statues or was no, this, this an actual bronze no, this is an actual, statue? This is an actual this is an actual stone statue. And I turned to Keen, friend of the show, and said, "Hey, Keen, did you know that this is a magical statue and it depicts your heart's greatest desires?" <laughs> And I told him that when I looked at it, I saw a bunch of hungry orphans being fed and I asked him, what did he see? (laughs) That's my favourite Canada story. Self-Felicio. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. um, Auto-Felicio, in fact. Yes, exactly. Um, So, yeah, Canada. So Canada is all good. (laughs) It's a lovely place. Um, Let's talk about it for a while. 
Yes, let's talk about it. There's lots of politics going yeah, on. Yeah, there's lots of politics. Uh, where are we going to start? Are we going to start with some history? Are we going to start with some modern day stuff? You tell me. We'll start with some history. Um, luckily enough, the Canadians do have a fantastic website telling you all about their country and it's really well designed. You will you will spend a lot of time appreciating the fonts. Canada.com? I can't Dot remember. Dot gov. Perhaps. Um, Canada.gov. I'll source the actual link to this informational website that I found. But I just want to point out that on their history tab on like the introduction to the history section, they say themselves that there's an unfortunate belief that Canadian history is too, well, boring to care much about. <laughs> that's, how, that's how the government of Canada like premises its own story of history. That is a level of self-deprecation that I can really get on board with. It's Yeah, it's like simultaneous you know, humble bragging and self-deprecation, yeah. but also like not even humble bragging, just like, Humility. It's they're the Ned Flanders and America are the mm. Simpsons. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And as a pair of very handsome, intelligent men, we can get behind self-deprecation. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, t- tell me, tell me more. I'm sure their history is actually more fascinating than they're they're alluding to. Yeah, it is pretty fascinating. So, like, first things first, the country came from essentially. It's a bit of North America that wasn't America. Yeah, America's hat. It, it, it gets interesting, but at the start, it was basically, they were a British colony that remained a British colony after the rebellion. Um, they mm-hmm. hadn't developed as much as the 13 colonies on the East Coast because they were like the oldest of the colonies in North America. So by the time the rebellion came around, they were still kind of frontiersy up there and like still very mm-hmm. much dependent on British rule. So... Sorry, tell me... so. You know the way we like to, um, because my world history is pretty bad, we like to base things in Hollywood movies. Yes. Uh, the Revenant, where did this uh, occur during the timeline you're describing? The Revenant is well after the um, American Revolution. America was well formed. I think The Revenant is like the 1840s. Okay. So we're talking 1776, which is about okay a, a good bit before. But if you can imagine the landscape and layout of The Revenant, that is mm. what Canada was like at the time that America was breaking away. And you just replace... The, Canadian, the American accents they have in that movie for Canadian accents and you're there. Great. Same uh, number of bears? Uh, oh yeah, no, way more bears. Way more bears. Way and, more and mooses, Jesus. And mooses. Mooses, bears riding mooses chasing you down. Oh my God, it's my worst fear. <laughs> it is now. Have <laughs> you been reading my dream journal? Jesus and Christ. Why do the bears have clown noses? <laughs> so there was, it was mostly British at this stage by the time America was breaking off, but the French had got there beforehand mm. and they lost a couple of wars and it ended up being British, the, the territory up there, mm-hmm. but the French people still remained. And the British were nice enough to go, okay, you guys can remain speaking French, acting French and living French, and we'll call your part Quebec. And like, it'll basically be a British colony, but we're not going to mess with you. Just keep paying your taxes and do your farming. And they were like, oh, uh, merci. And then just continued on for a couple of hundred years in the Quebec Fucking area. flawless French. <laughs> yeah, I almost flawless. forgot what the French were mercy. For, mercy. Mercy. <laughs> La cheers. Oh, it's also worth pointing out, and it will become important later, that the Quebecers, Quebecians, the, mm. the Quebecis are Catholic as opposed to most of the rest of Canada, which will be British kind of Protestant. Anglican really? Style. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's it's the French roots. Like most French people would come from Catholic origins. Mm. So it's kind okay. of, they're, they're keeping up that thing. Yeah. So yeah, and then when 1776 happened, the rebellion happened, and the people who wanted to stay loyal to the crown as the war started to heat up, got the fuck out of Dodge and went north to Canada. Right. And that they were the people that kind of hung around. And when America was established, the war was over, they set themselves up as like trying to continue the same 
British style colony that they had going down south, but now up north. Mm-hmm. And most of what people were making money on at that stage was furs, just like in the Revenant. Ah, okay. That's what Leo was at. They're very nice, these Canadians. So they started to get a little bit more wanting independence, but they didn't want to pick up a whole load of guns and and get all the patriots about it, like Mel Gibson did when he won the War of American Independence. I remember that. Yeah, they were kind of like, they, they started, set up a few parliaments, they kept on asking nicely, mm. and then eventually... In 1876, they got together and the the provinces of Canada formed a confederation with the constitution and basically became essentially a nation state under British domination. Okay. So they're basically independent for self-governance of all things inside Canada, Mm -hmm. but Britain still takes care of the military, the foreign relations and all that crack. Mm. They still got the Union Jack. They still got the Union Jack and they still have the the Queen as the, or yeah, it would have been the Queen Victoria at that stage. She was still the head of the mm. state. Even though they had their own prime minister, he was basically secondary to the British prime minister. Right. Okay. That kind of carried on for a good bit. And then slowly but surely, they started to get a bit more independence until eventually they came to the 30s and they just said, actually, um, we're going to take full independence. Mm-hmm. And, and they, this, all, this all happened peacefully? Very peacefully. There was a couple of little sparks of rebellions here and there, but like nothing at all like what happened in the United States or indeed Ireland, because you have to compare, like the, as the Canadians were progressing towards independence, Ireland also went through a revolution and fought a war against the British to get independence, but they didn't have to go down that road. It all went peacefully. They don't necessarily have to get amazing credit for it because you have to remember that Australia and New Zealand also did the same. Right, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, was, they're, not the, they're not the first or whatever. Yeah, it was all kind of happening at the same time. The, the British were basically going, look, we've got enough going on trying to keep these Germans in check. So why don't you guys get more and more self-governance? We trust you because essentially you guys are white. <laughs> so we'll let the, we'll let those colonies self-govern because we trust you. Yeah. And we'll we'll take care of running the rest of the colonies, which are not white. Less chill. <laughs> you guys are pretty chill. This stuff over here is less chill. So we're going to focus on over there. Essentially. I yeah. get geopolitics, Steve. <laughs> yeah, well, that's essentially it's what we're thinking. It's all about who's chill and who's not chill. <laughs> or who do they perceive as being chill? Oh, that's that's where uh, that's where it starts getting complicated, Steve. <laughs> well, these are the things you have to keep in mind, especially when you're talking about things like race and colonization. Absolutely, and who's chill and who's not. Yeah. So they found the People's Republic of Philadelphia. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. I, I zoned out. No, Richie, that's that's what you're going to do when you eventually finally get to move to Mercury and declare your own independent state. Yeah, again, that dream journal, Steve. Stay out of it. That's my business. <laughs> well, you got to go get away from those clown bears riding moose somehow. <laughs> What's the plural for moose? Uh, mice. Okay. And now I know what you're thinking. That's a different animal. And to that I say shush. And on to the next point. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're essentially up, we're, we're caught up to speed. Um, we will turn back to a bit of history when we talk about foreign affairs. But in terms of internal relations, Canada basically got themselves independence. So mm. this is how Canada works at the moment. They are a federal... Um, not republic because they don't have a president. They still have the Queen as the head of state. So the Queen of England, the Queen of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland is Canada's equivalent of our president still. Okay, so so her role then in Canada's day-to-day is extremely minimal and it's mostly like in- what... what- Incredibly minimal. So Canadians are still essentially subjects to her as a citizen of the United Kingdom would be. But because it's so far away and she can only mm. be in so many places at once, they yeah. have a... And she's very old. She's very old. And even when oh, she wasn't she's so old. old, Steve. Have you seen her? <laughs> no, not personally. Oh my God, she's so old, Steve. I live in London now and I saw her once in a, in a, in a little. And oh my God, she's so old. 
What was she buying? Just old people's stuff. I didn't even want to look at it. I felt <laughs> like it was an invasion. Just to look. <laughs> slippers mostly. German slippers. Oh, she's so old, Steve. Um, yeah, so she appoints a lieutenant governor who um, does her, her duties in, in Canada. Right. And it's, 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 so it's, it's symbolic. Yeah, but all heads of state are symbolic because you are the symbol of your nation and the, the symbolic head of state. You, like, you, you are the representative of your country more so than any other person. So what what right now is the most power that she could exert over Canada? She well, she could order her lieutenant governor or general, whatever they call him, not to sign a bill that the Canadian Parliament has done, and then that couldn't become law. That would cause a constitutional crisis. Okay, just like could happen in the UK. Yeah, so significant enough. It is significant enough, but <laughs> but she also. I was hoping you wouldn't notice that. But she she would never would essentially this this queen never right, would she's okay. proved that she has and this is what has allowed the United Kingdom to remain a constitutional monarchy and make sure that she keeps her head on her shoulders absolutely uh, yeah so they have a a federal system so each province of which there are seven I think <laughs> maybe nine I can't remember um, <laughs> one of them is really tiny it's really cute there's like a tiny little island off north of Aww. Nova Scotia that for some reason got its own independence as a separate province and it's like teeny tiny it's the equivalent oh, good for it it's what's equi- this called I can't remember it's something island and it's just um, I'm going to call it Timmy it's basically Timmy Island if you can imagine oh. that everyone just like and then you got this guy coming up at the end hey can I join too oh, Timmy yeah of course come on in buddy and uh, each place has their own prime minister and they have their own miniature parliaments but it all feeds into a federal system that meets in Ottawa and that's what the government that Justin Trudeau was head of, head of. Okay. so they have a essentially a two party system but they also have kind of like the UK mm-hmm. but they have a pretty significant significant third party as well called the NDP but at the moment they keep on getting hammered recently so essentially the only people that can really decide who's in charge is going to be the Liberal Party of which Justin Trudeau is the head or the Conservative Party mm-hmm. that were in charge for a good while before Trudeau took over so it kind of swings okay, between so, centre left centre right Okay so I was going, that was going to be my next question where on yeah. the spectrum do they, they both sit and so yeah. this third party where does it sit? Uh, centre left a little bit they kind of be like the Lib Dems they kind of switch depending on okay. who, which, which person is in charge of the party at the moment and mm-hmm. from what I could tell they're kind of in a free fall at the moment in that they can't get their shit together at all Oh, and a lot of Canadian commentators are kind of writing them off as a political force oh well okay yeah bless them ah oh, bless uh, yeah so big issues in contemporary Canadian politics uh, remember those French dudes that I mentioned earlier on that were allowed to keep their customs in their ways absolutely they're Quebec and they're still around so when the Brits allowed them to keep their ways and their customs they were like fine and there wasn't really much um, conflict or, or disagreements between them and the English speaking Canadians because they largely kept to themselves in, the, in a, like a really rural region of France and they just kept on their farming kept their Catholic ways but as their community started to develop in the 20th century they started to become more and more urban Mm-hmm. And they started to notice that they were actually quite far behind the rest of Canada economically. And they started to think, hey, well, maybe we should like get full separation from the rest of Canada because that could help us develop a bit more. And it actually got to the point that they demanded referendums for independence, like what Scotland did. Oh, really? Yeah. They had one in the 70s and one in A the Quexit. 90s. The original Quexit, yeah. <laughs> Quebecers. Um, they're actually the they're, they're quite often used as a template for countries that are looking at separation and how to do it peacefully and calmly. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, these Canadians they do they know how to do politics politely. Someone pointed out that you need to actually make uh, comparisons between Quebec and Ireland, and I didn't actually figure that out as I was researching. That yeah, of course, you have these very Catholic former rural now urban 
who don't like the Brits. <laughs> this is all sounding very familiar. Very familiar. <laughs> Looking for independence. So whereas mm. we, we took up the pitchforks and the guns and got Michael Collins and Eamon de Valera to kick them out, they have just slowly but surely been trying to get rid of them. And it, they the referendums have not passed because the rest of Canada have given the Quebecers more and more autonomy and special recognition for their French culture. So Canada is officially a dual language country. The French and English are both the official languages. Oh, okay. And there are special dispensations to make sure that the French culture is protected within Canada, that it doesn't get swamped out by by the British culture. And it's not just because the British culture, like you have to recognise that big fat old America is down south shouting with his big cultural ways trying to drown out everything <laughs> not English speaking. So they have yes. to buffer against that as well. Right, of course. Yeah, so it, uh, they're doing pretty good. Um, it's not very likely that they're going to get independence anytime soon. That it's not, there's not going to be two Canadas. Right, okay. Not for the uh, next while. Uh, okay. Have you noticed that we've only been talking about Europeans in this in this situation so far? Well, who else is there to talk about, Steve? <laughs> uh, well, I guess it's obvious to say that before the Brits and the French arrive up there in the part that's called Canada, there were people already there. Oh, absolutely. I assume most places where white people are, I assume... We, we we completely fucked over someone else. Oh, really? Like even in Ireland? <laughs> Maybe not Ireland, but most other places. The leprechauns. Well, oh, don't. God rest their souls. <laughs> <laughs> but that, let's talk about the, the native Canadians then. Okay, yeah. Well, they call themselves essentially the First Nations. That's the, that's the, um, that's the correct uh, way to refer to them. Don't call First them in, Nations. Don't call them Indians. Don't call them Eskimos. <laughs> either, okay. either know their tribe's name or call them First Nations if you want to refer to the group. Okay, Richie? Will do. Okay, it's <laughs> a warning. Okay, I'll, I'll promise. Um, so, needless to say, when the Brits and the French arrived and they came across these less technologically advanced um, people already there and they wanted their land, it didn't end too well for the people that were already there. Never does. And they re- they they haven't really gotten over it. The areas that the First Nations people still live in are still incredibly deprived compared to the rest of Canada. Um, mm-hmm. Particular issues going on is that loads and loads of Indigenous women keep on uh, going missing and get murdered. Which Jesus. is nice. Um, standard. No, no. Do of, they have is a similar thing? Do they have reservations like um, yeah. Native Americans? Yeah, they would have kind of like self-governing reservations, but would still with heavy, heavy um, influence from from the federal government of Canada and the state governments sure. are there as well. The standard of living on these reserves is like incredibly low compared to the rest of Canada. Mm. There's like things like boil water advisories all across the place. There's very little resource development or investment going on in these areas and mm. um, high levels of alcoholism and drug addiction and crime and it's just not very nice places to, to live no. some moves have been made by the Canadian government to try and make life better but it's largely just been lip service including Justin Trudeau officially apologising on behalf of Canada to the First Nations people for all the terrible things that Canada did but he didn't back that up by saying here's a billion dollars each as well <laughs> Right, okay, so it was basically just empty words. Essentially. I mean, he probably did back up with a couple of policies, but it hasn't had any sweeping reforms or changes to how First Nation people are dealt with. And when okay. I said a billion dollars per person, it's only Canadian dollars, so like it's fuck all anyway. They should have just done that. <laughs> it's four and a half cents. Yeah, essentially. Foreign policy. Foreign policy. Let's talk about that. Canadians, as we said, didn't really have any right to do foreign policy up until the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever Britain wanted them to do something, they had to do it. And when it came around to 1930s, they, they started to get more and more independence. So have you ever heard of the League of Nations? Yeah. That was like the pre-UN. No, wait, no, wait, hold on. I'm thinking of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's what I'm thinking of. Um, the League of Nations was like a pre-UN. It was set up between the two world wars to try and stop countries from blowing the shit out of each other. Obviously, as it happened between World War One and World War Two, you can guess that it wasn't successful. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who was successful? The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, absolutely. Except that movie was not. <laughs> that movie was not successful. It ruined Sean Connery's career. Did you hear the reason why he accepted that movie? I think. Did we talk about it on the podcast? Uh, we probably did. I'm always repeating we anecdotes. I'm sorry. Oh, it's, no, no, it's fine. It's, it's worth repeating very, very quickly because it's wonderfully tragic. <laughs> He was offered the role of Morpheus in The Matrix. He didn't take it because he didn't understand the script. He was offered the role of Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. He didn't take it because he didn't understand the script. He was offered the role of whatever the fuck he was in that movie. And he took it because he didn't understand the script. And it was the last movie he ever acted in. Oh, Oh, God God bless him. Yeah. Now we started a gay club called The League of Extra Horny Gentlemen. Oh, God. Richie. What? That would be, that's a legitimate enterprise. Okay, so Canada were allowed in the League of Extraordinary Nations um, mm-hmm. as, as their own independent country. They actually used that as a premise to say, hey, why don't we just do all of our own foreign affairs and start sending Canadian ambassadors to different countries and doing our own crap. Yeah. And then yeah. the Brits were like, yeah, do what you want. So then they Great. got it. <laughs> Simple. Yeah. And then when it came around to World War II, Canada was like, okay, now we have our chance to stand tall and immediately declare war on everyone that Britain declares war on too. <laughs> Just as they would have had to do if they were still actually tied to them. Absolutely. But I mean, look, they killed some Nazis, so you got to give it to them. <laughs> yeah. And then when it came up to the Cold War as well, Canada still essentially followed Britain, France, and the USA into most of the anti-Soviet conflicts because, like, they are a capitalist Christian country that would be right. There's a not, lot of overlap there on yeah, that Venn diagram. Uh, yeah. But they did, they did, they did it their own way. The Canadian way. The Canadian way. So, for example, when Cuba, after Castro took over Cuba, nearly all American nations were forced to uh, sever ties with them by the Americans. Canada said, no, we're going to keep talking to Castro because he's in charge of the country and it'd be stupid not to. Mm, really and they're friendly off, folks. Really pissed off the Americans, but he got to keep on doing it. During the Vietnam War as well, they weren't the only NATO ally and American ally to refuse to go into the Vietnam War. In fact, I'm just... I'm, presently watching the Ken Burns documentary on the Vietnam War which is fantastic by the way Wait how presently like while we're recording because that's rude (laughs) I was recording I was watching it before we started recording but it is paused at the moment I was also Um, watching documentaries before we started recording Well were they historical documentaries? No I was drinking Were they Pokemon drinks? (laughs) (laughs) They were they Pokemon drinks Steve if there was a such thing as Pokemon drinks I would die from drinking too many of them so, as I was saying, the Vietnam War, the Canadians were not the only people who didn't join America in that. In fact, America, Australia, Korea and Thailand were the only countries that fought in, in Vietnam against the uh, Viet Cong and the North Vietnamese. I didn't actually know that. I thought everyone jumped on board, but no, they were, yeah, I thought so were too. really much on their own. Yeah, so the, Can- the Canadians weren't necessarily special, but they had a a prime minister during the 60s a dude called Pearson who 10 years before that won a Nobel Peace Prize name check to a previous episode mm-hmm. um, he won the Nobel Peace Prize for brokering a peace in the Suez Canal crisis where Britain, France and Israel tried to invade Egypt to take over the Suez Canal it went tits up and mm. the Canadians were able to use the UN to leverage a peace deal and to stop it becoming an even bigger conflict than it could have been. Yeah, fair play to him. So when he was foreign affairs minister, he got a he got a peace prize for that. And then when he was prime minister 10 years later, he was keeping up his peace credentials. So when he was in Harvard giving a speech, 
in 65, he decided to use his platform to talk against the Vietnam War, which was really starting to heat up and look like it was mm. going to become a big disaster that it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. He did this before he was about to meet um, President Johnson. So he went into Camp David to meet President Johnson. President Johnson is a famously dickheadish man. <laughs> he grabbed Pearson by the lapels, shook him around. He was a very big man as well, so he could have done this. Wow. And said, don't come down here and piss on my rug. Wow. And then dropped him. And then afterwards, they went down and had a press conference and said, oh, we had a very uh, informative discussion and uh, we're looking forward to working closer in Dado, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> well, it's a shame about that rug. It really, it really tied the country together. <laughs> You got the Vietnam or the Chinaman pissed on the rug. The Chinaman is not the issue here, <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> you don't have to start the Vietnam War. Oh. And please, President Johnson, it's Vietnamese soldier. <laughs> Chinaman is not the nomenclature you want to use here. If the last 50 seconds didn't make sense to you, then watch The Big Lebowski. I watched it on Saturday as well. <laughs> you've, oh, is that the, you've watched that movie more than anyone else I've ever known. I watch it at least twice or three times a year. Yeah. On my birthday and great mo- at least one other time. We watched it when I was home last. Did we? Did we make white Russians and watch it? Probably. It sounds like something I, I would did. force someone to do with me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, peacemakers, they, they, they are famous for their peacemaking, kind of like Ireland too. They're always sending soldiers on UN missions with the blue hats to stand between warring factions and countries. So they've done it in mm-hmm. Cyprus, Congo, Syria, Bosnia, and loads and loads of Canadian soldiers have actually been killed in these missions as well. So there are some genuine heroes out there trying to save the peace. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much the story of Canada. As it goes, as it flies. Tell me a little bit. I want, I want to take a little aside and talk about Trudeau. We oui. Like, from what I've, the internet tells you, and what BuzzFeed and like the HuffPost would tell you, he's this like wonderful, progressive visionary. Yeah. But what are his actual policies and do they back up or those, those, that perception? Or is he just really good at managing his brand? I think. Because I've heard kind of conflicting, yeah. conflicting perspectives. Personally, I think it's the latter, right. but it's incredibly difficult to tell that without actually being fully involved in, in Canadian politics. Um, mm. he, he's he got a big whiff of the Hopi Changey 2008 Obama, Obama campaign stuff about him, whereas I would give Obama credit because he did actually do things like set up universal healthcare, healthcare or attempt to and do a couple of other bits. Yeah. Whereas Trudeau, as far as I can tell, has not even started moving towards any kind of big project like that. And I'm not even sure if he's selling himself as being the person that can set up one of those big projects. I think he moved in after a good few years of the Conservative Party being in charge with the stale old Prime Minister. And he was able to sweep in with this being this handsome dude who's incredibly good at PR. Okay, yeah. That's, that's But it's recently backfired quite a bit because the most recent photograph I seen was a trip to India where he's dressed up as an Indian man doing like hand gestures. Really? Yeah, it looks really stupid. That seems really stupid. Could have been Photoshop though, because one of the things I Could learned I reached, I reached out to the uh, Canadian politics Reddit uh, subreddit to ask for any hits, hints or tips that I could get, mm-hmm. and they were very helpful, and I thanked them all. Oh, um, nice guys. But one thing that happened was I got loads of messages, direct messages, because these people didn't want to comment on the thread itself, saying, "By the way, this this subreddit is entirely a liberal silo, and you're not going to get any." conservative opinions here so you have to go to a different subreddit called Meta Canada where all those Canadian conservatives hang out wow and I, I went to it and I they're all memes that are so Canadian specific I had no idea what they yeah. were trying to do or talk about <laughs> so I'm sorry thank you Canadian conservatives for pointing me in that direction I'm sorry yeah. that you had to 
do it secretly because obviously there's a mm. serious culture war going on in the Canadian politics Reddit sphere like there mm-hmm. are in most political spheres. I feel like that's most, even particularly yeah. on Reddit, most political spheres are incredibly insular. Yeah, um, but I had no idea what they were trying to get at and stuff. So what I mean what I mean to say is that the, the photograph I seen of Trudeau dressed like an Indian dude could have been a Photoshop, but I don't think it mm-hmm. was. I think he was genuine yeah. in costume. Come on, Trudeau, try harder. Yeah, but he is doing a great job at giving two fingers to Trump and that's always great. That's great. That's 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 always going to go well on the show. Um, my favorite description of Toronto was it's it's like Gotham City if Batman was actually good at his job. <laughs> yes, that's because it has a similar true. vibe, has similar architecture to like the comics, but the crime rate's actually pretty low. Yeah, and like Vancouver as well is one of the nicest places in the world. Absolutely, Canada, you're doing you're doing a pretty good job. Keep it up. Uh, just be nicer to your First Nations people and um, let us know if Trudeau turns out to be good. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested to keep an eye on that. Oh, and by the way, any Canadian listeners, of which I, I know we do have a good few, um, thank you for putting up with us talking shit about your country for so long and I'm sure butchering your history and political systems. Um, yeah, hit us up with any corrections or anything we need We need to uh, inform ourselves on. Yeah, hit like us up with the corrections. Kind of <laughs> we need them. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be lots of uh, one on politics at Gmail and on Twitter. At one on politics. Yeah, that's it. Is that us? That's us. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Oh, happy 4th of July. Oh, when's Canada Day? 1st of July. That was when they declared their independence. Or no, 1st of July was when they did the Confederation back in the 18-whatever. So that was like their, their first constitution, 1867. Well, so that's coming up soon. So happy Canada Day. Well, it, it, it's already happened. July. It happened three days ago when people are listening to this. You said 1st of July. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot how time works. I recorded this in the past. Yes, we recorded this in the past. We've released the present so people can listen to it in the future. Oh, dude, you're blowing my mind. Whoa. You're blowing my mind. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, please leave a review for us on iTunes. That would be that would be really really much appreciated. Yeah, um, if you're Canadian, maybe listen to a couple of other episodes first. Yeah, maybe you know, be gentle, be gentle, be kind. <laughs> Steve, it's been nice to do an episode with just the two of us. Yeah, we haven't done that in ages, and it's also been nice to do an episode where I've been quite drunk. It's also been ages since we've done that. This has been a real return to form. Yeah, and when I say form, I don't mean any sort of good form, <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Uh, now, if you excuse me, I'm going to go slip into bed because I uh, my vision is blurring before me. I'm so sleepy. Okay. Mm, goodbye. Bye, Richie. Oh, go- goodbye. Nighty night. Stay out of my dream journal. Stay out of my Sleep dream journal. Sleep well, Richie. Don't let the bears riding mice with <laughs> little red noses scare you too much. Good night. Oh, Jesus. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.